After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, and welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your host today, Becky Shrimpton. With me, I have not one, but two guests. I am very excited about this. Jack Bloom is with me, and so is Sharon Quarter. Jack, how are you? I am excellent. Thank you, and delighted to be here. Excellent. Oh, and look, you've got your radio voice on today. I'm very excited. <laughs> and Sharon, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Excellent. Now, you guys are right in the thick of everything, because you're from Real Canada. It's National Canadian Film Day tomorrow. Very excited. And I know everyone who listens to a Canadian film podcast. This is like their Christmas. So <laughs> how did this start, you guys? How did you start Real Canada? How did you decide to push forward with this? Uh, I'll er, take Real Canada. Er, you take National okay. Canadian Film Day. How's Great. That? Here we go. Okay. Uh, so Real Canada got started um, because we were sitting around with a bunch of uh, filmmakers and we were bemoaning everything. And at one point I said, just to try to cheer ourselves up, that I had always had this little fantasy that wouldn't it be great if we took our well-made films and I took them out to show them to young people and I bet they'd like them. And this hardened bunch of folks all went, ah, like it was a puppy I was bringing into the room. <laughs> With one leg and one eye. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it cute? Uh, so uh, from there, driving home in the car that night, we looked at each other and said, we shouldn't seriously try to do something like that, should we? And from there we got together with more film people and we met and we talked. And after money, did a pilot with a few schools. And then here we are. Fifteen years later, we're across the country, we're in all the provinces, we do it in both languages, we do a hundred events a year serving about 40,000 students. It's a little crazy. And we've moved on from just doing students, high school students, to um, adult new Canadians, which is one of our favorite things to do, a program called Welcome to Canada. We show them Canadian films, they meet a film actor or director, they get so excited <laughs> and they feel like they're being welcomed into the country with a story. Which they are. And the other is this baby, which is National Canadian Film Day. Which we're all here to celebrate today. And now, Jack, you've got this. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, <laughs> honestly, it started as a joke. Yes, as many things do with we us. We were doing our school program and we noted, and the date was, I think, April 29th that day. And we had an event going on in PEI, we had an event going on in Vancouver, and we had an event going on in Saskatoon. And I think I joked, hey, National Canadian Film Day, and people said, yeah, isn't that funny? And I think we even did a joke press release. National Canadian Film Day. And then it kind of happened. Um, it, it's, it's an a, idea that it's, stuck. I it's don't a, it's a bit of a loopy route to where we actually got, but suddenly in 2014, we were doing it. We were trying to do National Canadian Film Day. That year we had 70 screenings. We thought that was huge. Amazing. We couldn't <laughs> believe it. And the next year we had a couple of hundred, and the year after that we had 400. And by that point we had managed to extort some money out of the federal government. We for didn't the, extort it. For the they sesquicentennial, <laughs> it was the 150th birthday for Canada, and we said, hey, you know, we've been doing this, and we could do a sesquicentennial edition. They gave us a bit of money, and we had 1,800 screenings Jeez. across Canada and around the world. We had military bases, legion Embassies. halls. 
embassies, libraries, community centers, senior citizens' homes, anywhere you could show a movie. And, and um, film festivals, of course. So then that money ran out. <laughs> but people, the partners started writing us saying, you know, when is it going to be and what are we going to do and all of that. There was a librarian from New Brunswick who wrote us last year and she said, okay, like, surely you know the date by now because like, I've got to get onto my planning. Yeah. And we were like, And it was so uh, dripping with, come on, people, <laughs> get it together. Yeah. Well, everybody gathers there, right? How many other places are there to hang out? So you got to go exactly. see movies at the library. Exactly. Yes. Well, and, and they're so grateful because the, these films never come to their communities. Yeah. Those small communities. Yeah. You get a Toronto screening, you get a Calgary screening, you get a Vancouver screening. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. lucky, if you're St. Lucky. John's Halifax. Yeah. 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 So we figured, okay, we really have to do this. And without the sesquicentennial and with hardly any money whatsoever, we still had 870 screenings. And wow. this year we're looking at over a thousand. thousand. Over wow. a thousand. Well, I've loved, and it's totally warmed my cockles, uh, checking out your guys' film map on the website, the National Canadian Film Day website, because you just see all of these film reels all over the map. And you're, they're in the Northwest Territories. They're in the Yukon. They're all over the Eastern Everywhere. provinces. And the fun of that map is you click on a thing and you see what they're screening like you can see what they're going to screen in Kathmandu and where they are which is amazing <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I yeah. love they're like a bear called Winnie is yeah, playing yeah, in the yeah. Yukon very <laughs> popular that film uh, it's amazing yeah. I love it and like all these movies that like I know people may not necessarily be aware of like you have your your usual standbys you got you know Bond Cop Bad Cop and all that going yep. on but you guys are showing stuff that's like super obscure and interesting Absolutely. and how do Every, people pick them? Well, the partner, we, we come up, Sharon and, and the team come up with a list. This year it's 100 films because we're celebrating 100 years of Canadian cinema. Uh, we can get into that later. And so, uh, well, no, we should talk about it now because right. we're commemorating the release of Back to God's Country, which was released in 1919. It's our oldest surviving feature film and our most successful silent And film. it was written and by and starring Nell Shipman. We've uh, talked about it on the podcast. Yeah, we had, there you yeah, go. We had yeah. the wonderful Alicia Fletcher, who's a great archivist. Uh, talk about it. Go listen to that if you want to know that history. Also, one of the first nude scenes, which is amazing. Yes. Well, exactly. And that comes to bear because we were saying, okay, uh, how do we how do we commemorate that and how do we sort of infuse a list of curated films a curated list now with all of that and someone came up with well what is back to God's country it's snow and sass oh yeah <laughs> so we went through this list of films and people would go snow or sass or both or neither sometimes and so they didn't make the list but it was really not very hard to come up with uh, we never really defined sass among ourselves we didn't have to because you know it when you see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's David a certain kind of attitude. Sass. Yeah. You know. Mary Walsh. Sass. sass. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's a feeling. Guy, exactly. Guy Madden. Sass. sass. Yeah, that's right. And, and there's, like, there's tons of snow and, and, and snow. I just can't help but think of Bring Me the Head of Tim Horton. And I'm like, yeah. that is like all sass just defined in the screen for half an hour. Exactly. So we've got a lot of sass in Canada. And we want, So this year we're going to celebrate that. Exactly. Well, and something about Canadian film that I love is that sometimes we are very outspoken. But most of the time we're just making these simmering little satirical jabs and bites. And yep. that's why sass works so well. That's amazing. Um, so what do you guys think it is about Canadian film that like sometimes people are a little bit reticent to to see it or to like really seek it out but once they it's, start finding out what's Canadian cha- they're like wow. I think it's changing. I think yeah. it's yeah. changing. I think uh, modestly I think we're part of that change. We're mm-hmm. part of a, part a kind of, of a permission trend. to say you can like this stuff. A yeah. lot of it's really good. Really so good. From, from our point of view we've been dealing with we started with teenage kids. Okay they don't lie to you. They don't like it. They don't like it. They will it. tell you it sucks. So, so what we've found out from them, if we bring these films to them, and you can't take them anything, you've got to take them good films and films that are going to 
appeal to their level, where they're at in their lives. So we test screen stuff first to make sure it's going to hit them where they live. And they respond, and it's so interesting. They'll say, I don't know where I got the idea from that I thought it was bad. Yeah. But I've now seen three films, and they're all great. So maybe that I, that's just a wrong idea I had. They'll or, say things like, Canadian films don't have as much CGI. Yeah. They're more real. Or they, I think they think about the script more. <laughs> like they, they have stories. They say yeah, that yeah. stuff. Or it's yeah. about real people, you know? It's It shows a world that reflects their world in a way, like if you do something like the Trotsky, for example. It's like their high school. Yeah. It's not like the American films show a high school where it's all, everybody looks polished and everybody's a 32 year old being a 16 year old exactly exactly and it's it looks like it looks it has the diversity of the faces they go to school with it looks like where they go to school and it feels like where they go to school so um i think that there has been a sense that well canadians don't like to celebrate ourselves unless it's about sports or something like that but secretly there's an awful lot of smugness even I think, underneath <laughs> that we all know we live in a pretty superior place and our movies reflect that yeah so there's that aspect of national canadian film day certainly it's about film but um it's also very much about celebrating the country and having an excuse to celebrate the country and people canadians really want that four year every four years for the olympics is not enough <laughs> Uh, or, or July 1st. And it's a different kind of celebration because we're celebrating our stories. We're celebrating our neighbors, ourselves, um, the places we've visited. And, and that blows people away to look at a film and go, oh, that's, that's actually Vancouver for Vancouver. That's not Vancouver pretending to be Seattle. And it's so wide and diverse here that, yeah. I mean, what does it look like to be Indigenous in the Northwest Territories? Absolutely. And suddenly a white dude shows up and wants you to play lacrosse. Like, just what for does, example. It, just for, for example. For, just pulling out of the air. Exactly. What does <laughs> yeah. that look like? And yeah. it, you look at movies that come from our neighbors to the South, and it's like, yeah, a movie that's made in Texas is a very different film than a movie that's made in New York, which is different yeah. than those made in L.A. Same thing here. Our Eastern Province films are very different from very what you're different. seeing in the prairies, from what you're seeing out in Vancouver. And yeah. there's everything is, is just these different voices. So the Canadian film can't easily be identified. So no. that, there you're getting to the heart of what we've been trying to do at Real Canada, which is to express the identity of the country through the diversity of the country. And this is something that I think we're really, Canada is coming of age in a way where we can finally and really embrace the extraordinary diversity. The kids who write to us, write, write to us about that all the time. This is what makes Canada unique. Everyone is uh, accepted. Every we tolerate each other. We 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 enjoy each other. We respect each other. And even if that isn't obviously completely true, which it isn't, but the idea that that is the ideal, That's that the most value of these that we the value that these kids are growing up with that it should be like this, means something. Even if we aren't living up to that yet. It's, it's something to strive for as opposed to saying, who gives a shit? Yeah. And there's an aspect to the commercial as well, which you guys were talking about earlier, that with America, there's like a very slick sort of veneer on a lot of stuff. But because we have we, the luxury of government funding, um, you get a lot more experimentation and you get to see things that you don't necessarily get to see, which end up inspiring things globally and filmmakers globally. I mean, I don't know what kind of a filmmaker Lynch would be without Cronenberg. Right. Right. So you're, you're seeing this influence all over the place. I mean, Norm McLaren, that's all government money and we don't have animation without him. No. Yeah. No, we don't. And what he did was he did phenomenal stuff. 
Now, you guys brought some films today uh, just to kind of <laughs> tease the waters of the kinds of things you're going to be able to see across Canada. I guess the best thing to do is the way you wrote it out, Jack, when you sent me the email, was to start on the West, West Coast, Coast and move to the East. Because they're always last. So <laughs> it's just a time zone thing. But, but we often start with the West Coast when we put out our press releases and stuff like that. We often start with that. <laughs> and it's very interesting because when you do a big national day, and I, I say that, I don't know how many people can say that, but we can speak from experience. There's a whole world of social media now, and you can see the sweep. And by the time it's 11 o'clock here, and we have finished the films, and we popped the cork, and we're having our party, suddenly there's all this noise coming from Vancouver, where they're just unspooling and, and beginning to. It's really, really fun, and it keeps it going sort of in these waves all the way across. It's like election day, but it's with like less election panic. Day. <laughs> with a lot less panic. Exactly A right. lot less panic. So in Vancouver, there's a bunch of stuff going on. I think there's about 60 or 70 different events just in the G G creative, uh, lower mainland, they call like, it. Yes. Um, the a special one, one that's special to us that the Vancouver Festival is showing is uh, uh, the 45th anniversary screening of The Apprenticeship of Dodie Kravitz, oh, directed by Ted Koncheff, starring Richard Dreyfuss. Before we get to that, we should just also mention that they are doing several other things as well, one of which is uh, they and we are bringing out Alanisa Bumpswin. Amazing. And she's going to be showing three of her films that day. This is, uh, this is the Vancouver International Film Festival. We'll be doing this. We so. love them. They do wonderful work. They do great work. And we love... Uh, the Apprenticeship of Dodie Kravitz, and the 45th anniversary is really special. So we're, we're happy that they're doing that. There was, a, there was a flurry where it looked like Richard Dreyfus was actually going to be able to come, but then he, there's a medical issue, and so he's not going to I actually talked to him. <laughs> How was that for you? It was wild. A childhood hero. <laughs> I was way more excited than I imagined I would be. I hung up the phone. It was like, <laughs> I was really quite surprised. Jack has talked to a lot of celebrities in his life, and he's pretty cool about it. But somehow Richard Dreyfus got him where he lived, and he was just yeah, well, this like, I just talked to Richard meant Dreyfus. a whole lot to me. When I saw it as a teenager, that's how old I am, and um, uh, it just meant a huge amount to me. It was so real about Montreal. It was so funny. Uh, uh, the performances were so, so good, and it just spoke to me. Well, it's more Clyde Rickler, right? More like, Clyde Rickler, like, absolutely. How do you mess with that? He is one of Canada's best storytellers. And he the really script, is. he was nominated for an Oscar for the script. Yeah. It was recognized. It was really something. Yeah, he wrote a beautiful script, and the acting in it is stunning. Um, Micheline Langteau, um, uh, Randy Quaid. We, that's the first yeah, time I ever saw where, him. This is where we met Randy Quaid. He's great in it, too. Yeah, like, he's no, great in it. Nobody's bad. Everybody's yeah. great. Everybody's great. And I think what fascinates me is that it's talking a lot about anti-Semitism. It's talking a lot about perceptions. It's talking about, you know, hustling, and now we're in a world of the gig economy. It's yep. so relevant and heartbreaking and yeah. hitting all these touchstones that we're still dealing with perhaps more than ever now we're in like hyperdrive right yeah. like yeah, this absolutely. guy would be driving six ubers today absolutely exactly yeah. it's uh it's really a stunning movie and gorgeous and how young richard dreyfus is is just mine and how wonderful he yeah. is he's incredible yeah. he's so he's so i can't imagine anybody else playing that yeah part. it really broke him out we'd seen him in american graffiti but this he carries the movie just like a cannonball and it's fantastic and for a movie that's two hours it doesn't feel like it's two hours it's like no. boom done no. because it just no. keeps moving and it just keeps building it's it's epic like it's an epic character study it's unbelievable and it's so montreal yes yes it's so montreal yeah it's interesting though that they're dealing with anglos instead of francophones as well like you don't really get that mix which is also very much of the time yes it is yeah yeah um how did you first uh, come into contact with it I don't actually remember. I'm actually an American. Ah! <laughs> I'm a fifth-generation Texan. And uh, when I first came to Canada, 
I was stunned culturally. I was just, I was blown away, which is why I've ended up where I am now, I think. The, the films that I saw, the, the television shows that I saw, the books that I read, just blew me away. Like, I fell in love with the culture here. And then I discovered this self-deprecating, eh, well, you know, it's just Canada. And I'm like, what the f- are you talking about? <laughs> this is brilliant, this stuff. Yeah, sure, we'll share it, Gordon Lightfoot with you. Why not? <laughs> yeah, sure, why, no big deal. Uh, but but for me, um, like I, and it, so it's one of the earlier things that I ever saw, because it's one of the earliest things we got. And I was just, I loved it. I was just mesmerized, and it became part of why I ended up becoming a Canadian wow. because I wanted to be here where that kind of stuff is being made with heart and honesty yeah yeah and intelligence mm-hmm. I love the intelligence here we we kind of disguise it a bit but you know it took me a long time to appreciate something like CBC I had all these friends who would listen to the CBC and I'm like why um, and then one day I listened to the CBC and I went there's a lot of intelligent stuff going on there that I just had no um, awareness of as, as a non-Canadian. Now, if you guys were to tell people to see this movie, what's what's like the one thing that you would really encourage them to see about it? Gosh. It's life. It, it's, it's, cer- so it, it, it's so full of life. It's so full of life. It's family. Um, I mean, it's hard not to say watch it for the performance because it, it really is a star-making performance. But the script is gorgeous, But the script too. is fantastic. So a slice of Montreal in the that period and the, uh, I guess it's set in the 60s. It's just so real and so reflective and so human, right? It's just a really human story. I defy someone not to be moved by it. It's one of my favorite things in a movie where the person wins and loses all at the same time because that's so complicated and they do it in this. And And it's it's the perfect destination for the character that has been wrestling with this the whole time, right? And we root for him so much and yet we see... No. <laughs> and like all the best Canadian films, it's hilarious and heartbreaking all at the same all time. All at the same time. Exactly. Just like Canada, hilarious and heartbreaking. Exactly. Like, come on. That's our lives. Oh, man. Okay, now the next one you brought very much digs deep into Canadian history, especially the tax credit era. Jack, you have a very personal attachment I'm to this I'm going to let one. him mostly talk about this all one. Right. Sounds good. This is actually one of my favorites, and I got so excited. Uh, Jack, what's the next one? So in Calgary, our wonderful partners, the Calgary Underground Film Festival, they like to drift into genre, and they're showing Happy Birthday to Me. Yay! Yay! Happy Birthday to Me is a slasher pick from, <laughs> what, 1980, I'm thinking? 81? We shot it in 1980, and I say we shot it because I was an actor back then, and I appear in Happy Birthday to Me, and I'm dispatched. I don't know if it's too much of a spoiler to say exactly how I'm dispatched, but I, I certainly die. And uh, it was directed by Jay. Can I say what implement is involved? Sure. Garden shears. Garden shears. Classic. Classic (laughs) garden shears. The director was Jay Lee Thompson, a British fellow with a very uh, uh, respectable career, sort of dividing the line. He directed The Guns of Navarone. He also directed several of the Planet of the Apes sequels. He was rather old at the time. He was ancient (laughs) at at the time. And he was like, just let the kids talk and then kill them. It's going to be fine. No, he had a thing. And the thing that he had was more blood. Uh, More blood. More blood. (laughs) And, you know, they had these, this whatever, the fake blood in these tubes, and they just keep squirting and squirting and squirting. And covered with blood everywhere and in our eyes and our mouth and whatever the whole thing it was there was what didn't matter what scene it was always more blood from Jay Lee so uh, it was quite an experience Glenn, Glenn Ford is in it 
Um, he was, uh, I think, having one of the more difficult patches of, of, of his life at the time. Melissa Sue Anderson from Little House on the Prairie is yes. okay. in it. Lawrence Dane, who's one of my favorites, is in it as well. Lawrence Dane, go. no, it's uh, it, it is on some level a classic, and um, one of the one of the Canadian scream queens, Lisa Langlois, is going to be appearing. We're sending her out to Calgary to appear, uh, present the movie, and have a Q and A with the audience. So that's a special that screening for us. Oh, so good! I'm such a fan of this movie because everyone in it is the biggest creep in the world. <laughs> There's no so, shortage of suspects, no, right? There's so many red herrings, and I'm like, these children are like brilliant and deranged. So you keep waiting for there to be a plot line where like there's something in the water and all the kids are evil, <laughs> but there's not. They're just all really weird. It's the best, and like the twist but at the, the end the, just keeps the, twisting. The twist at the end is so twisty, it's like The Exorcist. It I mean, is. you're really revolving your head right around your neck on that one. Oh man, and Death by Shish Kebab is like the greatest oh, thing ever. It's really very That's good. That's right. So oh, I'll, I'll just a brief anecdote about the shooting the the uh, towards the end there all of the the dead are gathered for the titular birthday party and and we all had to have a lot of prosthetics where you know there was a lot of blood and guts everywhere and the poor actor Matt Craven who had been stabbed with a shish kebab basically had to have his whole head built around oh, this geez. thing but the shoot that scene took five days to shoot so for five days you know, hours putting on this shish kebab head and then sitting there hot. It was in the summer and we were so, so hot. Lunch break, what the hell was he going to do? He was wearing a shish kebab head. It was very, very hard. For the where I was stabbed, it was relatively easy. Oh, good. So I, I got up easy. Anyway, that's... That's so funny because I heard uh, stories about Samantha Egger having to be like chipped out of her like candy-coated blood coffin when she was doing uh, The Brood because she's just so covered in blood. I'm sure that was the same on your gut issue. People <laughs> blood, just being chiseled blood. out. More blood. More blood. I love it. Were there t-shirts made? More blood? I wish they had. Oh, they should have been. Yeah, that would have been great. Do you have a relationship to this one at all, Sharon? Well, Jack and I are yeah, partners in every yeah. way. Yes, and, uh, and we were dating during this time. Excellent. So I was in Toronto hearing about it uh, on the phone and he was in Montreal living it in living color. And you had to be so, how did you die today, honey? Well, <laughs> I, to me, the movie is about, so who? this person died by shish kebab, this person died by garden shears, this person died. So for me, that's what the movie is about is how they died. Yes. Well, I think for most people. I think <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's why we love slashers. How are they going to go? Okay, great. Because at a point, you have to get creative, right? They are a literal grindhouse. It's amazing. Oh, man. I, I was a little dismayed when I finally saw the film because he is, as you say, creepy. Yes. In it. And that was disturbing. But I, I did understand it was acting. He loves animals, though. <laughs> no, one lo no one that loves animals can be that bad. Did it. Did it. Yeah, animals. Yeah, okay, but still. That's still. Regardless. Well, let's talk about children and they're doing incredible things. They call themselves the Grizzlies. What's the next one? That one is premiering uh, on tomorrow, uh, having having its launch, and will be opening on Friday. Beautiful. And it's a beautiful film, and it uh, takes place in none of it, and it's based on a real story about uh, a white guy who goes up north. Uh, his life is kind of in tatters, and he is a teacher, and he goes to a community where there's an epidemic of suicides among the kids. And he looks for some way to deal with that. And he learns a lot of lessons along the way. And it's beautifully rendered. It's, uh, it's directed by Miranda Duponcier. It's uh, a lot of uh, Inuit actors, people who were not actors, who have other jobs. And they did an extensive, very interesting casting process. And, and when you see it, 
I'm supposed to say processor. Sharon will be upset with me because yeah. we say process in Canada. We do. When you see it, the performances are absolutely gorgeous. It's very, very moving. It's beautifully done. It's uh, redemptive, ultimately, but in a way that is imaginative. And, and not very, sucky. Very yeah. sensitive to the particulars of the situation. It was done with great, great care. And it's, it's, it's a really moving and entertaining movie that... Uh, gives you a real sense of what things feel like up there. Like it's it's both a popcorn picture and something really meaningful. And that's that's a just a treat when we get to get that. We're also really excited because they're choosing National Canadian Film Day as the kickoff for their commercial release and certainly uh, you, you know, this is the kind of thing that when we came up with it, we, we couldn't have dreamed of, but that's what we would like. We would like it to be the day when all eyes are on Canadian films. And in fact, it's a good moment to mention that there are some great Canadian films in release, right new now. ones right now. Let's just shout out to Firecrackers, Firecrackers yes. and to Giant Little Ones, which is fantastic by Keith Berman. If these things are playing around you when you're listening to this, go and see them. They're wonderful. And uh, there are two other films with indigenous themes, as uh, with grizzlies. There's Through Black Spruce, and Which, uh, there's Falls, Alaska, Falls Around Her. Alaska B was just on our show, and oh, she lovely. won the Canadian Screen Awards yes, for yes, Best wonderful. Music for that yeah. one. Yeah, uh, and we, we also had uh, Darlena Ponce on talking about uh, Falls Around Her, which is Terrific. unbelievable. Yeah. And Tan um, Cardinal is also in the Grizzlies. Yes, and she is. She's, she's uh, surprisingly, she's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> she's always incredible. Like, she's always and, incredible. Uh, that it took, no, she's never. Yeah. I've never seen a false note from that woman that ever. That it took that long to get her a leading role in Falls Around around her just breaks my face. I'm like, there's well, something wrong there. Yeah, There is something wrong. We, we do know that. Yeah. But oh, finally, man. we're getting to address some of that cinematically, which is fabulous. And that that's, it's, it's a coming of age of our country. And it's a coming of age of looking more truthfully at our country. And uh, it's something I think that we can be proud of that it's happening. And we just need a lot more of it. Yeah. Now this one, as you said, is just coming out. I haven't seen it yet. I watched the trailer. You'll like it. But oh, I'm, I cannot wait. Because <laughs> even the trailer, like you know, you watch a trailer and you start to get like amped up. And yeah. like if there's one moment where you just like get the single tear of like, oh no, okay, I'm gonna have to bring Kleenex. <laughs> and that's kind of how I felt. But like there's all like the way they cut it. Whoever did the editing of the trailer is brilliant because you get to see the moments of levity and the moments where it's like, oh, this is gonna be difficult. So you know you're not gonna go in and feel awful after. You know you're gonna go in and feel. It's good. really not. An, yeah. it, it's serious and the issues that it deals with are serious it's not oppressive at all it's full of life and and it really credits the young characters that live in these situations with their resilience and their the degree to which they're determined to actually overcome the serious problems that they live they're with. faced with yeah. and I think that's very much us telling our stories here in Canada these are points of view you normally wouldn't get to see yeah well put um, and then of course our last one we're getting into a little bit more serious stuff here yeah, um, but it's got Mary Walsh and she always yeah, makes yeah. everybody happy she does what's the next one cracky beautiful written, 10th anniversary in st. John's Newfoundland and written and directed by Sherry White who also wrote the script for Maudie. I don't know if you've covered that here. But. No, no one's brought it yet. I'm waiting. Oh, oh. Yeah. oh, we'll come back and bring it to you. Yes, do. <laughs> come talk about Maudie. <laughs> we are big fans of Maudie. Um, but anyways, she wrote and directed it, and it's 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 beautiful. We watched it again recently. First and feature. It's Yeah, it's her, it's her first feature. Uh, it stars Megan Greeley and Mary Walsh. And, and Megan Greeley will appear with the film in St. John's. Yes, we're bringing her in from bringing Montreal. To, special screening. Um, and uh, it's it's it is dark, but it's beautifully rendered, and it's it's the kind of little gem that we get to produce from time to time in this country. It's it's out east for sure. Um, it's it's realistic and moving and. 
it certainly falls into the kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, and, and it really descends from some of those movies that your listeners will know from the 60s and uh, the early 60s, the black and white uh, kitchen sink stuff. It descends from that, uh, which is fine. And it's a really great tradition that a lot of Canadian filmmakers picked up on um, because it really suits what we may call the documentary sensibility, but it's fiction, it's really well rendered, and it does something that's really difficult to do, which when you're not doing a big dramatic action story, when you're not trying to save the world or rob a bank, how do you actually, um, from a writing point of view, how do you raise the stakes and keep the story building to somewhere when it's really as much like real life as you can imagine? And this movie does that, and every turn, the story keeps moving and keeps developing, and, but each turn is totally real, totally part of the fabric of this uh, young girl's life. And also, it's, it, it's, it's fundamentally redemptive, and it's about love, and it's quite beautiful. And there's an adorable dog. <laughs> there's an adorable dog. Which more do you want? It's Instagrammable, yeah. instantly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but the, what, I, what blows me away about it is it's very hard to the Brits can sometimes do this. Americans don't do it as well, I find. Speaking as an American, I can say that. To render someone's life that is not an easy life, the poverty, difficult circumstances, and render it humanely, and render it so that it's watchable and not unbearable, that you're, you, you enter into them as people. And we can do that sometimes here. And this one, I think, is a very fine example of that, of just, here's a small story of this person, and you feel like you know her and you care about her when it's all over. Something I love about it is that it's sympathetic but not twee. Oh, not, not twee at all. So at no. no point do you think it's like cutesy or that it's like talking down or like talking, like at no point it just maintains a very clear story of these are just these people presented for your consideration. Yes. And I, and I love no, that. And no simple No answers. simple answers, no, no simple resolutions. A, a wise person whose name I have no idea of said that the purpose of art is to dignify the human struggle. Yeah. And I think this movie is a perfect example of that. Yeah. It's a very hard-fought life. It's a very challenging life, but it's presented with real dignity and and it, it just is impressive. That's all. So one of the things about National Canadian Film Day, these we picked four, just kind of went across the country to grab something. But the thing that really matters to us is that to get the word out to everyone like literally everyone, we worked with an ad agency a few years ago and they were like, well, who's your demographic? And we go, everyone. They go, no, no, you can't, everyone can't be your demographic. And we go, well, no, everyone is our demographic. We've already got the high school kids. So <laughs> yeah, like- yeah. No, we, we, we go from tiny little kids to old age homes. We go from every arty atmosphere you can be in to military bases. We go to embassies. Like we, There is a movie made in Canada by Canadians that you will like. And that's just something we can promise. Like, if you like horror movies, if you like comedies, if you like documentaries, if you like dramas, if you like art films, if you, you know, whatever you like. There are even a few great musicals. <laughs> not as many. Not as many. many. Not as many. <laughs> um, so, but we can, if you like movies at all, there are Canadian movies out there for you to discover. Well, here's the last kind of thing I have for you guys. Now, there are some people that are going to, like, stay at home, eat their popcorn, uh-huh. throw on some, some streaming. You. A perfectly wonderful way to spend National Canadian Film Day. But my question is, why would you, what do you guys get out of seeing movies together in theaters with people when you actually go to these events? Well, there are two ways to do this. One, go to the events and be there in the dark 
with the people, the lights go down, and you all experience it in a communal way. Or if you're not in that mood, stay home, wear your PJs, go to our website, cut out some of our party kit stuff, put on a little party hat for yourself, or put it on your app on your phone and put it on your picture that you took a selfie of. And you can turn on your television, or you can turn on your computer. All the major broadcasters are offering Canadian programming, which in itself just kind of blows me away. But yeah. they love it. They put on lots of Canadian movies and streaming services. And the NFB has wonderful stuff. CBC is going to be streaming some wonderful movies. Don't start. Cause uh, you'll... Yeah, now I'm leaving people out. <laughs> Encore, Plus, Encore Plus, let me just mention that because we partner with them. This is um, a service on YouTube. Go to YouTube slash Encore Plus. And it's all kinds of Canadian content for free. Old Canadian television, lots of Canadian features, great documentaries. It's just Canadian stuff for free on YouTube. It's fantastic. And so there is a way, whether you want to go out, whether you want to stay at home, no matter where you are in Canada, there is a way for you to see a Canadian film on that day. And there's people partying with you, so you're not alone. Absolutely. But let me just say something about seeing the films, I will say, live or with other people in yeah. the dark. That's a wonderful thing. For one thing, when the picture is bigger, the ideas are bigger and the feelings are bigger. So there's more of an uh, uh, energy coming from the movie into you. But when you're watching it with a bunch of other people, your reaction and their reaction magnify one another. So if you can sit at home and watch something funny, but if you're sitting in an audience and the whole room laughs, you get to basically laugh the whole room and you feel that. So everything is just bigger. And I think we're fundamentally built to watch things and hear stories going back to ancient, ancient, ancient days, hear stories together and be brought together in our communal emotional response to a story. So I'm all for seeing stuff with other people in the dark. Jack, that is better than I could ever possibly put it, so I think we need to leave it there. <laughs> uh, thank you so much again to Jack and Sharon, who are here from Real Canada and National Canadian Film Day. How do people find the screenings? Canfilmday.ca. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, you guys can. You guys are on Facebook, you're on Twitter, you're on We're every on social media thing. So uh, make sure you tweet and make sure you Facebook and Instagram Absolutely. what you guys are doing. Let us and see what you're please doing. Please use our app and put on the toques from Bob and Doug McKenzie or the glasses from Spaz from Meatballs yes. or all kinds of the braids stuff. from Man of Green Gables and uh, become a Canadian icon. Yeah, Can Film Day, hashtag Can Film Day. That's where to go. Beautiful. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.